Welcome to Thomas Anonymous with Tommy Natoli. That's me. Today I've schlopped out a serving of Chapter 9, Little League Losers. When I think of baseball, my brain immediately flashes memories of long summer days on the grass, tight, hot man-ass, and the smell of hot dogs, french fries, and ketchup in the wind. Little League Baseball is a volunteer-driven organization that was started in 1939 by a guy in Pennsylvania. So there's your useless piece of information for today. Little League was another attempt of Mom and Fat Matt's pet project of making me become a real-life boy. It was just like the story of Pinocchio, just changed the word puppet to faggot, and it's essentially the same deal. Oh my god, I think I just discovered a super hidden gay theme in Pinocchio. Unless it's already out there as like an obvious thing, in which case, forget I said anything. Me. Basketball season had ended for the year, and I guess they could see it had zero effect on my fabulousness. So we doubled down on sports. Oorah! Man noise! Blah. My sisters had been playing softball for a couple years, so it was only a matter of time before they put me into baseball. I was willing to give baseball a chance, as basketball sucked, and maybe this was my true straight calling. I was constantly trying to act like and be like the boy everyone wanted me to be. At eight years old, I was already thinking of ways to butch myself up. I thought baseball looked a little bit easier than basketball. I mean, it just looked like a lot of standing around, which to me seemed like the perfect kind of sport to transition into. I went into it thinking the uniforms would be so cool, and I'd make so many friends, and I thought that I would have a mean but loving alcoholic coach that looked just like Tom Hanks. I was much more willing to participate in this sport thanks to the movie A League of Their Own, which if you don't know, Oh my god, get out of my face. But also, go watch it. It's good. It's about women playing professional baseball during World War II. And it helps convince little gay boys that baseball is fabulous and involves pre-game singing and skirt uniforms. Plus, Madonna catches a ball in her hat and Rosie O'Donnell plays third base. Wow, baseball fucking rocks. Mom, sign me up! Turns out it was nothing like that. And instead, I was met with really lame things like learning to catch the ball and throw the ball and slide my body into a base. Other boys were so pumped up about sliding into base like it was the coolest fucking thing. Even as an eight-year-old, I thought to myself, God, they're excited about throwing themselves onto the ground. What idiots. My little league team for the summer was the Pirates, and we had flaming yellow uniforms that were way too hot for a summer sport. I'm talking bright fucking yellow. And those uniforms, they really worried me. Mostly because they were so goddamn yellow. I just knew we would attract bees. But nobody seemed to get on that bandwagon with me. I still stand by my theory. I was nervous about diving into a new sport with other boys, but also I was hopeful that maybe it wasn't as stressful as basketball? Also, fingers crossed there was a pizza party? Guess what? It was just as stressful as basketball, and there wasn't a pizza party. Hmm. In fact, the very first day there, I discovered just how not fun baseball was. Watching baseball on TV, it just seems like a lot of nothing going on while one person tries to hit the ball. Well, I never really thought about the part where I would have to hit the ball. Talk about terrifying. That hard ball comes hurtling towards you fast as fuck, and then you have to whack it with an aluminum bat that's way heavier than you thought. After my first few swings, I hit the ball really hard and felt a bazillion vibrations in my arms from the ball hitting the bat so hard. I thought, ow, god, that sucks. Man, I hope I 
I never have to hit the ball again. Then I learned that most of the downtime you have in baseball, you spend playing catch with someone. Catch is when you throw a ball back and forth between two people and you wonder the whole time, are we trying to hypnotize ourselves or slowly kill each other? I can't tell which. Catch sucks because when you catch a really fast ball, it's like a stingray special for the palm of your hand. And all of this for what exactly? Nothing, that's what. Baseball to me is one of the easier sports to follow. A ball gets thrown, a ball gets hit, a person runs, other people try to stop that from happening. And bam, that's the entire sport of baseball in a nutshell. I could keep up with it, it made sense, and best of all, it dragged on forever and there wasn't much movement like basketball or football. Slow and uninvolved is exactly what I needed in a sport. I thought if I could do this sport good enough, it could get me out of basketball and then I could just do this through high school and it would hopefully, over that amount of time, turn me into a real all-American masculine acting boy. Perfect, I got this. I don't know how they decide what position to put you in. I just wanted to be put in the least active place on the field. They made me play second base. God, I hated second base. I was so terrified of that ball because it was being wailed by a metal bat and had a good 90% chance of hitting me right in the face. And the only thing they give you to defend yourself out there on the field is a hideous piece of brown smelly leather that attaches to your hand and for the most part makes your hand feel partially paralyzed. They call this a glove, and I hated it. Why did it have to be so ugly and so cucka-brown? It's like they give you this horrible leather hand puppet with no eyes and just a giant mouth that opens and closes, and it's your job to use the mouth to catch flying speeding balls hurtling towards you. Insert ball joke here. The other position they would put me in most of the time was right field. I loved playing right field because rarely did anyone hit the ball out there. During games, I would just sit down on the ground and pick grass and daydream. That used to really piss Fat Matt off if he happened to be there to pick me up and make sure that I was on butch track. It's like the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them straight. You can lead a young gay kid to an organized sport, but chances are they just end up sitting in the field picking grass and humming Paula Abdul hits. Straight up now, Tommy's gonna be you and me together. Ow, ow, ow. That same summer, I also got put in a ghetto baseball camp that was run by the Gateman Players. The Gateman Players, I think, was like an adult regional baseball team that was Wareham's team full of young strapping men. I think that's what they are. I could Google it, but it's not worth my time. The day camp had all the players from the baseball team, and man, some of them were super hot. We would do something like 9 to 2 every day of throwing the ball, running around, practice hitting. But the most memorable part of the baseball day camp was that about an hour into every day, the Gateman players started taking their shirts off. This is when things got awkward for me. Because these guys were hot 20-somethingers, and now they were taking their shirts off, and I could see things like hairy nipples. Now, I lived with Fat Matt, so of course I had seen a hairy nipple before. But these guys were ripped, and they had hot, chiseled hairy nipples. It was great, and I spent mostly all my time staring at different hairy nipples and brainstorming about what their private spot looked like. As much of a turn-on as all these sweaty hot baseball players were, it was also a horrible testosterone festival. Twenty boys around my age, plus all the adult men of the baseball team that were running the camp. Ugh, I hated the energy of men. It was extremely difficult because I was such a little fembot, and I didn't have years of experience under my belt of pretending to be a normal dude. When you're not athletic, and your main gig is being hilarious and girly, you stick out like a sore thumb at baseball camp. Why do you act like a girl? Was one of the go-to things other boys would corner me with. I would always go last at whatever drill they were working on, and I tried my best to use my comedy material from the previous school year of headlining Mr. Gustafson's fourth grade class. But I bombed every day at baseball camp and just came across as that really girly kid. One day as we were all getting ready for lunch, the hot shirtless adults told us we were going to be doing an obstacle course of drills. Yay. Everyone else went out to the field to start this dumb activity, except me. They asked me to stay back and pick up all the cones. 
which trust and believe I was thrilled and happy to do. Fuck that stupid obstacle course. I was happy to stay back and collect cones, thank you! But it did feel like total shit to once again have my existence as a boy be invalidated and basically shunned from the rest of the real boys. The next day, as I drove my little bike through town, down to baseball camp, I realized, wait a minute, I am totally unsupervised right now, riding my bike. Nobody's gonna know if I go to this stupid thing or not. Gosh, I bet I could just not go. I pulled up to the field a safe distance away so that nobody could see me. I watched for a minute as the day was starting, boys were running on the grass, the hot hairy nippled men were chatting and spraying nicotine spit onto the ground. I watched and watched for a while and then remembered the way that I felt when I was down there, how low status and belittled I felt around them, and how inadequate both the kids and adults made me feel. I thought to myself, fuck this bullshit, and I got on my bike and I never went back. Take that, baseball camp! I had about a week and a half left of baseball camp, and instead of dealing with their ball drills and cone-collecting hate crimes, I rode my bike around town. I got candy, and I pretended that my bike was a bus, and I had to do my bus route for the day. I made baseball camp a blast as soon as I stopped going. Ah, ah, ah. Mom and Fat Matt worked full-time, so nobody noticed or cared that I wasn't going to baseball camp. How was camp today? Great, I'd say as I turned the corner and run away. But I still had to go to Little League, which was fine. Whatever. Summer will be over soon, and I'm never signing up for this bullshit again. Compared to my zero points I scored in basketball, I was definitely better at baseball. But that's because baseball is so easy. I mean, even in the major leagues, fat guys can totally play it. I wasn't the star by any means, but I managed to hit the ball frequently enough that I would get to base, and then if I was lucky, some other kid after me would allow me to run the bases. For the most part, baseball to me didn't seem really hard. When it came to hitting the ball, I would just imagine the ball was my big sister, or Fat Matt, and then bam, I would hit it. I mean, there was some running involved, but if you hit the ball hard enough, who gives a shit about running? I'ma skip like a fairy around these bases! One of my proudest moments in baseball happened in the middle of a game, and I gave Fat Matt the middle finger right there in front of everyone. Me. He was there as my ride, and he was leaning his big dumb meat sack up against the metal fence on the sidelines of the field. I was up to bat with that awesome huge plastic helmet they make you wear, and I hadn't hit anything yet. Fat Matt starts yelling from his leaning post. Come on, Tommy, swing the bat! I rolled my eyes. Oh, God, Fat Matt. Why can't you wait in the parking lot like you do for every other thing you pick me up for? Oh, there's an opportunity to publicly embarrass me. Now I get why you're here. Fucking motherfucker. I had two strikes and two balls. Insert more ball jokes here. And the pitcher throwing the ball really sucked at pitching, and even gay little me knew they were bad throws. Eat shit, Fat Matt. Now, no matter what happens, I'm not swinging this bat just to piss you off. Ha <laughs> ha. The pitcher threw the ball again. It whizzed by me at what felt like 300 miles an hour. The umpire calls it, Ball! And again, Fat Matt wails, Tommy, come on! <sighs> Relax, you idiot. The umpire called it as a bad throw. Why would you be mad at me for not swinging? If anything, you should be praising me for assessing the situation and knowing not to swing at such a horrible pitch. God, that's baseball 101, you big dum-dum. The next pitch came at me super fast. Well, as fast as a decent fourth grade arm can throw. The ball came flying directly towards me and hit me right in the shoulder. Bam! I watched the ball fall to the ground and roll away as I dropped the bat to grab my shoulder. Ow! I was super surprised the ball just assaulted me and left a stinging pain in my shoulder. And that had never happened to me. But I knew, since I got hit now, I just had to walk to first base. Man, it hurt, and I wanted to cry. But I told myself, nope, nope, don't cry, don't cry. It's cool, keep it together, just keep it together. We're just gonna walk to first base. As I started my free ride to first base, I could hear and see Fat Matt on the sidelines. Maybe if you swung, you would've had a chance. All of a sudden, I could feel tears welling up in my eyes, the way they do when you're just a kid and you can't control your little body. You're your throat closes up, tears stream, and you are filled with the insatiable desire to have your mom there. Everything was out of my control, and I knew there was no mommy nearby to make me feel okay. 
The one and only thing that I could control as I walked with my tears to first base was my right hand extending out, reaching up, and flipping Fat Matt the middle finger. You could hear the crowd gasp, and immediately it got quiet. Then, through my watery tears and swollen throat, I managed to look right over to him and yell the words, SHUT UP! All eyes were on Fat Matt for a second, and he sure did shut up. It was awesome. I heard a woman in the bleachers laugh, which made me feel great, and it broke the silence as the crowd started muffled conversations again. I knew once this game was over, I was gonna be alone with Fat Matt in the car and I would be in deep, horrible shit. I didn't care. It was worth it to me to be able to show the world, or at least the world of Wareham Little League parents, exactly what I thought of my mom's stupid husband. Despite crying, which kind of sucked, it felt so good to have that powerful moment of not only flipping off my bully, but to do it in front of a crowd to expose Fat Matt for the loudmouthed idiot asshole he was. Hashtag no regrets. My favorite part of playing baseball was not playing baseball. The bench, the dugout, that is where I thrive. Fuck playing out there in the hot sun waiting for a ball to come break your nose. No thank you. The dugout was shady, cool, and there was a bench, drinks, and snacks. Need I say more? Jared with two R's was the one connection I made on that team because we both hated it and resented the fact that we were there. We spent our time on the bench in the dugout talking about how we would rather the world end than have to go back out and play. Aw, fourth graders talking about the apocalypse. That's adorable. In our perfect end of the world fantasy, we would be the only survivors. No adults. Our first and only priority in this fantasy was stealing a car and going to all the fast food chains and gorging our faces. We never ironed out the details of having to cook and actually fend for ourselves in the apocalypse, but it was a great way to pass the time. Hey, imagine everyone's dead. Okay. When we weren't food porning each other, we were making fun of everyone on the team and the coaches. It was clear that we were both there for the same reason, butch training. As if we were grown gay men, we didn't give a shit about anybody and we threw shade behind everyone's back all the time. We always talked about this kid Alan and how ugly he was and it looked like his face fell on a shovel like 400 times. And then this one kid, J-Dog, he had a rat tail grown out of the back of his head and it made him look like a horse. Also, he never just said Coach Cassidy, he always said Coach Cassidy. Ugh. And like true queens, we were ruthless behind everyone's back, but then to their face acted like a sweet little peach. Hi, J-Dog. J-Dog's dad was the assistant coach and we were convinced he was for sure a pedophile. He always smacked us on the ass every chance he got. And I always thought if he were more attractive and had more money, maybe I would have made a play for him. Don't judge me. I was young, smart, and ambitious. I'd seen a league of their own. I know how the world works. The head coach, Mr. Cassidy, seemed like he was for sure on the spectrum, and it was pretty obvious he was unemployed. But you gotta give him some credit for not only volunteering, but also for having to have the team full of rejects. All in all, the Pirates was a team full of losers, and we didn't make it to any kind of playoff or final game. No coattails for me to ride on this team. Goddamn stupid sport doesn't even have a pizza party bullshit. Baseball taught me some important lessons. Just kidding, it didn't teach me anything. But the one thing it showed me was that despite Mom and Fat Matt trying to mold me into something I clearly was never going to be, I learned meeting Jared with two R's that there were other kids like me. That even though we sucked at the game, we were definitely the coolest, funniest, and most interesting ones there. Side note slash I'll tell you another time, when Jared with two R's and I were teenagers, we hung out junior year and some gay stuff totally happened. So take that for trying to make us butch. 
The real-life lesson here is for parents to just let your stupid kid be their stupid selves. You can put a Femi boy inside a team sport to butch him up, but that boy will ultimately still grow into a horned-up teenager with a D in his mouth. Just embrace it, let it go, and go get him an Easy Bake Oven or Barbie Dreamhouse or whatever weird gay thing he wants, even if it is a Madonna mic. God, I wanted one of those so bad. I actually made one out of tinfoil once. It was great. Me. But by letting him be whatever he is, you'll save him a lot of time. Years, actually. So he can just start living his life instead of building a fake pretend life constantly trying to please the world around him. It's just a tip. Also, you're going to save yourself a ton of money in not having to buy a uniform or equipment or sport registration fees. You're going to save yourself so much by not having to drive to practices and games. Granted, you may have to spend even more money on turning the attic into his dance studio, but whatever. My favorite part of Little League Baseball games, besides sitting on the bench talking shit and eating snacks, was when each team would start chanting at each other. Let's go, White Sox! Clap, 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 clap! So wing! Bada, bada, bada! So wing! Two, four, six, eight, your team sucks and ours is better. Okay, I don't really remember most of the chants, but basically, you harass the other team while the game's going on. One time, as usual, our team was losing hard, and the game was coming to a close, finally, after what felt like 14 hours. Coach Cassidy, I mean, Coach Cassidy, told us we should come up with a new chant to show everyone that even though we were going to lose, we would never give up. Nobody had any ideas. <sighs> of course they didn't, I thought to myself. Me and Jared with two R's are the only brains behind this operation. Suddenly it hit me and I said out loud, Too legit to quit! Nobody really got it at first. Again, I yelled, Too legit to quit! Too legit to quit! Clearly, they didn't spend all their time in their bedroom listening to the radio nonstop. I knew all the overplayed songs on Fun 107. I mean, Fun 107! Too Legit to Quit was an MC Hammer song that was the not-so-great follow-up to the smash hit Can't Touch This. This is Casey Kasem with a long-distance dedication. I said to the coach, No, it's a song! Too legit! Too legit to quit! He gave us the okay, and within seconds, our team was chanting at the top of their lungs, Too legit! Too legit to quit! Fists bumping in the air, we were passionate about the game we were about to lose. The other team looked over to us like, What the fuck? We haven't heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's an original chant that I just stole off the radio. So, hmm, me. We lost the game hard. In fact, I think the other team even scored more once our chant started. But we chanted the whole way into our defeat, and it was the biggest and most contributing thing I've ever done in sports. I never scored the winning point, but I helped our team of absolute losers take hold of our loserness and be proud that we were all individually and together as one total losers who were truly too la fucking jit to quit. It. Yay! Make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Tommy Natoli. And you can also follow the show on Instagram at Thomas Anonymous Pod. Leave us a review on iTunes or just take a screenshot of some nice words you wrote and put it on the socials. What do I care? Express yourself. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye.